This is Pastor Mark, the lead pastor at New Covenant Church. In part two of our prayer series called 21, I tackled the question, does prayer work? And if prayer works, then why are these so-called unanswered prayers? Jesus gave us the model on how to pray in Matthew 6, but oftentimes we miss a key part of that prayer which answers that difficult question. And in the Epistle of James, which is where our main text is found today, we discover that no matter what you face, if you're facing a difficulty, if you're having a great, wonderful day or week or year, or if you're just tired and weary, there is an answer that we must do. Last week, we briefly talked about what prayer is and why we should pray. And this morning, there's a question I want to tackle, and that's, does prayer actually work? And let me give you the answer first, and then we'll explain how we got the answer. The answer is, prayer works as long as it's wrapped in his will, in God's will. Prayer works as long as it's wrapped in his will. Now, now some people find it hard to believe when I kind of start talking about food. Um, the, you know, the first time I ever had salad was uh, when me and Kathleen started dating. And so we started dating about 2007. And so that was the first time I've ever had salad. And people were just surprised and shocked. How in the world do you go through your life? I'm a meat eater. Give me steak, give me a hamburger, give me a cheeseburger, give me all the bad stuff for you, and I'm in heaven. I don't need that stuff. That's for rabbits. Um, so I, I'm not particularly fond of those things. And so I tried it, didn't like it. People were trying to get me to try vegetables. People, Mark, you need to eat better. I'm like, it doesn't taste good to me, so I don't want it. Um, but I tried and tried. And so over the years, I've kind of adapted and acquired some taste to some vegetables. And believe it or not, I know this is going to surprise a lot of you, but the first time I ever had pineapple was about five years ago. Look at that silence. The first time I ever had pineapple was five years ago. I went to the Brazilian steakhouse off Woodruff Road, Tucanos or Toscanos, and I went with one of the other pastor friends of mine, and, and they had grilled pineapple, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I've never had it before. And he was kind of like, really? I said, no, never, never had pineapple before. And so he said, get it. So I got it, and I was like, man, I liked it better than the steak, the brisket, the chicken. It was like heaven. I'm like, keep bringing this pineapple. This is... I went home and said, Kathleen, we got to get some pineapple. I just had some pineapple, and it's good. We got to grill it. And, and you know, we're t- so I was reviewing all these recipes about pineapple and the flavor. And then I came across something even more heavenly if possible than pineapple, and that's bacon-wrapped pineapple. You Have you ever had bacon-wrapped pineapple? I know, some, I know some of you don't like bacon, but... There's something about wrapping the bacon in pineapple and cooking it, and then the saltiness of the bacon and just the flavor of the pineapple, it just, there's something heavenly about it. And so I began this kick, and I said, I wonder what would it taste like if you wrapped bacon around a hot dog? So I wrapped bacon around the hot dog, grilled it, no bun, just the hot dog and bacon. Man, you don't need any condiments with it. It's just perfect. But see, the prayer is like the same thing. Prayer needs to be... God's will needs to be wrapped around prayer. So prayers are pineapple, and God's will is the baking. Do you understand? So God's will has to be wrapped around our prayers for it to work. But the question that we're having is, does prayer work? Think about these two questions about prayer. If you pray for something specific and it doesn't happen, does that mean prayer doesn't work? 
If you pray and the opposite happens, does that mean prayer doesn't affect the outcome? Are there really unanswered prayers? Does prayer really work? These are all valid questions, especially if you've been at those places where you're praying and nothing happens or you're praying and the opposite happens. I had a friend who was going to Bible college with and he made it to a sophomore year before he dropped out. And the reason why he dropped out was he was losing his faith. And he understood the scientific process of thinking and he understood the theology and, and didn't really have a whole lot of issues with those things. The issue he had was God was not answering any prayer that he was praying. He said, I've been a Christian for X amount of years and I can't think of one prayer God has ever answered. And because those prayers were never answered, I'm kind of wondering if he's even there. And so he dropped out and he began to search and try this church and try this religion and, and this religion and, and decided there is no God. Maybe there is a God. He just, he couldn't grasp or couldn't have a foundation because of the one thing about prayer. Have you ever prayed and God answered? There was a guy in Bible college and he was a friend of mine. And he was going through a lot of physical problems. He was getting boils on his skins and he was ashamed of how he was looking and his health was just in big decline. And he sat there. He was born in the church of God, raised, preached, was evangelist, lost his way, started coming back, went back to Bible college, trying to pick up where he left off. And then all this bad stuff was happening and he was just struggling and he knew God was real. He knew God heard his prayers, but there's those moments where you just struggle with your faith and you're carrying everything. And and so I went to him and I said, Todd, can I pray with you? He says, well, the doctor doesn't want anybody to touch me. I said, I'm not worried about that. And so I laid my hand on him and I prayed for him. We prayed in agreement. The teacher there prayed and some other students prayed. A week later, he was fully healed. There was a lady, a girl, teenager. We were in a prayer service in the youth group. And we were all walking around praying. And she came to me, of all people. And I, she said, will you pray for my back? I have scoliosis. And I'm like, I'm not the, good, I'm not the right person to pray because most of my prayers don't seem to work. It's a rarity. And so she said, well, I really want you to pray. And so I prayed for scoliosis. And I prayed for her. And she felt like her back was getting better. And she said, well, I'm going to tell my mom to take me to the doctor and get an x-ray. And they went. And her back was fully aligned. So there's times when prayer actually works. Have you ever been a, used when you pray and God answers? But then there's the flip of, have you ever prayed and God not answer? I have prayed since December for my knee swelling to go down, and it has yet to go down. I visited my doctor a few weeks ago, and he gave me a shot of, a, a shot of steroids. And I, I called him back a couple days later, and he said, how are you feeling? I said, uh, it's the same. Nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. And he said, you are, what, you are a person I like to call practicing on because there's nothing else I can do for you. And I'm not going to keep giving you medicine because nothing's working. So they're giving me to a rheumatologist. But I'm like, God, what is going on? You got you to do something. And God has not answered prayers. So there's those things where God, there's those moments where God does answer prayer and moments where it feels like he's not even listening or he's not answering your prayers. You know, most of you know that I, I've talked about movies and I'm a big movie person. The bad thing about going to the movie theater is you have to sit through 25 minutes of previews. I didn't go see 25 minutes of previews. I'm going to go see the movie. But you got to sit there and go through the previews, and then the theater itself gives this nice little movement of, of graphics and says, hey, Regal. And I'm like, I know I'm at Regal. 
I don't need to see the logo or the name display. Just get to the movie. But the trailers, the logo, all that are just add-ons. They're not the actual movie. The trailers are just there to help you see what's coming out. It's just an add-on. And nobody really goes to buy a ticket to see previews. I mean, can you imagine? So you see the 25-minute previews, you're like, well, all right, I'm good, I'm done. Like, what you, I just wanted to see the previews. I paid $10 or whatever it is to come see the previews. No, people came to see the main attraction, the movie. The previews are just additions. And sometimes we treat prayer like an addition. It just gets us started, but there's no true connection about it in our lives. Prayer has nothing to do with our lives. We treat it as just an add-on. We do it because it's tradition. We do it because the Bible says we should pray. We do it because the pastor says pray. We do it because it's just ingrained in us. It's it's a ritual. It's a ceremonial thing. It's a traditional thing. We pray and we treat it like an add-on, but not the main thing. Same thing with the church. We treat church attendance as a ritual, but there's no true connection of church in our lives. There's no substance. It's just what we do. But in order for prayer to work, for us to answer this question, we first must grasp a hold that prayer needs a genuine connection to God and not just hollow words that we toss up. And that's why last week we tried really to define prayer as getting to know God and experience God in the process. Now with God, there's all, there's all these weird combo things where you have Jesus who's fully God and fully man at the exact same time and we don't understand that. There's a, it's not really a flip side of coin because then you have heads and tails and they're completely different. No, Jesus has got him in at the exact same time. It's just a two-in-one weird, strange thing. Now, there's also a thing called general revelation of God and special revelation of God. And what that means is we can look out in the world and we can see trees and we can look up and see stars and we can study the science of the earth and the planets and the atmosphere. We can look at human beings. We can look at nature. And we say, there's got to be God. These things are just too well made for there not to be God. They just not, can't, cannot be coincidental. There's a purpose behind it. And the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. In Genesis, it says everything was made according to its kind. There's not apes eventually adapting into humans. We can see humans produce humans. I mean, if, you know, Kathleen got pregnant again, went to the hospital, we're not going to be expecting another transformational animal. We're expecting another human being. God designed things according to his kind. That's general revelation. You can observe things plainly. Then there's special revelation where God kind of works through miracles. He works through his design and through his purpose and accomplishes his will through miracles. And the same thing, so you have the two. You have God, Jesus being God and, and human at the same time, and you have the special revelation and general revelation at the same time. There's also this thing about his will. When it comes to God's will, he has a conditional will and an unconditional will. The unconditional will means it's going to happen regardless. If you read the book of Revelation, there's nothing that's going to change God's mind or how God works. It's done. People can try their best to make it not happen. I I was showing Josh last week an article and it just blew my mind how there's a German scientist or physicist who is trying to plan to move our entire solar system out beyond the Milky Way to save us from asteroids hitting us. Our entire solar system, not just the planet. 
That is a German physicist. That's what he wants to do. Insane. We'll freeze if, if he doesn't know that. He, sh- he should, I figure, but apparently he doesn't. But God's going to do what he wants to do regardless. That's his unconditional will. But then there's this conditional will, which means God will allow things to happen or won't allow things to happen without cooperation. In other words, he wants us to cooperate. He wants us to be a part of the process. First Timothy chapter two, verses three and four says, this is good. It is pleasing in the sight of our God's savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. And you know, John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world, right? Everybody. God wants everyone to be saved. His will, his desire is that not one person end up in hell. He wants everyone to come to repentance and be in a right relationship with God. Now, when you read that, is that God's unconditional will or his conditional will? It's his conditional will because it requires a cooperation from the individual. He gives us free will and free choice and free decision. We pray for the salvation of someone, but God allows them to make the decision. James 4, 2b and 3, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Is this based on God's conditional will or unconditional will? We don't really know because the circumstances surrounding it doesn't tell us. But it does say that we, you don't ask or you're not receiving because you're asking with the wrong motives. 1 John 5, 13 and 14, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So John writes that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And James tells us that we don't have because we don't ask or we ask with the wrong motive. John says that we should ask and make sure whatever we're asking, whatever we're bringing up to God in prayer, it should match with his will. Matthew 6.10, where Jesus does the Lord's Prayer that we kind of talked about last week, He says in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. We don't know all the time if what we're praying is in God's unconditional or conditional will. Sometimes it's laid out in the Bible very plain. Like I said, we pray for people's salvation. We hope that as the Holy Spirit knocks on their hearts and draws them, that person makes the response to come to faith in Jesus. But that is a cooperational part of the will. We know that that's clearly in Scripture, but also God wishes none would come, no one would go to hell. And Jesus says that our model for prayer should line up with God's will regardless. But why doesn't God answer the prayer of maybe saving that person or this person? Again, it's because that person has to make a decision. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, I um, had to go to the hospital for the third time. <clears throat> and when I drove there, you know, they said, did you drive yourself? And I said, yes. And they said, we can't give you certain medicines um, based on the law, and you can't drive home. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to 
call my wife in the middle of the night and, and ask her to, you know, break, wake up our kids and, and come pick us up or whatever, or come pick me up. And so I was thinking, what do I do? They can't give me the medicine unless I have another driver or do I just not do the medicine and just drive home? So I did, a, I did an Uber. Have you ever done an Uber? This is like my second time ever doing an Uber. I got my phone, got a little Uber driver, had a good conversation with the Uber driver. If anything, I had a good conversation with a complete stranger. And, you know, he asked, what do you do for a living? Those are always uncomfortable uh, questions, especially being a pastor, because you, you never know how people are going to act or respond. You don't want people to act different. I want people to act like I'm a normal person. Um, but then it's just like they shift and change into like a completely different person. Luckily, this person did not change, which was great. And so we had a good conversation. But regardless, prayer is like our Uber, so to speak. It gets us to the place where we need to be to access God. You see, prayer transfers us from an earthly mindset and an earthly position to a spiritual place where we can access God. Prayer accesses what God wants to do, and prayer helps us see God's will in the situation we're facing. You know, remember last week we briefly talked about how Jesus feeds the, five, the thousands not just 5,000, but thousands with five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, God, I give you thanks. And then he feeds them and everyone gets until they're full. If Jesus had to pray for a miracle to happen, if Jesus had to pray to access God's will, does that mean that we should probably have to pray too? If Jesus himself had to pray to access God for a miracle to happen on earth, shouldn't we have to pray as well? So while we, make, while we may make claims about prayer, we must make sure that we pray God's will be done. God, help us to understand your will and why this is going on. It could be, for, it could be a period for the person to endure some difficulty and to come out on the other side stronger. Maybe that's God's will for that person, to allow them to go through this because at the end of the day, they're going to be a better person. Maybe the healing didn't happen Yet, because God wants to do something in that person. Maybe God wants to settle that person and tell that person, be still and know who I am. Calm down. Just rest in me and know that I'm here. Maybe that's why the healing doesn't take place. Or maybe the person never gets healed and they pass on. But maybe the reason why they passed on and God didn't answer that prayer was because God's answering someone else's prayer where someone is attending the funeral service that needs to hear the gospel message, more so than that person needed to be healed. See, we don't understand sometimes how God works or the way God's working because his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, and we can't see. That's why we say, God, let your will be done. Help us see how you see things. In one place, we're called to pray about the matter, yet we're not promised tomorrow. God's conditional will versus his unconditional will. And sometimes we make promises or we pray for somebody where God didn't make the promise. In other words, don't make promises God didn't make. I've known people to go to someone and try to pray for someone to raise from the dead. And I'm thinking, did God tell you that? Are you, are you just wanting to see something happen, you know? Is it God's will or are you just wanting to see a miracle happen? Don't make promises God didn't make. God can heal you now. 
God may heal you later and walk with you. Maybe you'll move on and you'll be healed in heaven. Regardless, you're going to be healed if you're in Jesus. Our bodies are broken, but we will eventually be completely healed and restored. The timing is up to God's will. So let's get back to really James. Verse 13. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. So is anyone among you suffering? In other words, are you going through a difficulty? Now the words let him are actually added in our English translation. So in the Greek, it just says the one word pray. Are you suffering? Pray. Are you going through a difficulty? Are you facing trouble? Pray. Four letters. Pray. And then it reads, if, is anyone happy? Is anyone cheerful? Is everything going well? Then sing praise. So you're praying to God if you're going through a difficulty or you're praising God because everything's going well. You're either going through some stuff or everything is good. You're in one of those two categories. Either, either you need to be praying to God or you need to be praising God. Regardless, we should always be talking and communicating with God. 2 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. How we pray without ceasing? Because if we're in trouble, if we're suffering, we need to pray to God. If everything is going well, we should be praising God. Never stop. It should be a lifestyle. So how can a believer smile during a dark place? They've been in ongoing talks with God. They, must, they know that they must depend on God in every situation, good or bad. Verse 14, it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The word sick can literally mean physically or mentally, but could also mean being weary or being in the state of weakness. So it's not just a physical ailment, but it's also mental and emotional, where you're just weary, you're tired, you feel like giving up. You feel like there's no hope and you feel like you've done everything you know to do and you're, you're just tired. And James is writing to believers. So believers, it's okay to be in that state of weariness and tired and being physical ill because James says, is anyone among you that way? And if you are, what does he say? He says, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them. You know, there's a story in the Bible where there's four friends that bring this paralyzed guy to Jesus. They couldn't, you know, the house was full of people and they think it's Peter's house, which is even funnier. Can you, you know, Peter's got the short temper. Can you imagine Peter, them cutting a hole in the roof and then them dropping the paralyzed guy in front of Jesus and Peter's like, really? I mean, can you imagine in your house, Jesus is there and, or I'm there, whoever's there and you're talking, you're fellowshipping and, and all of a sudden you hear this and all this stuff starts falling on down. You're like, you know, I want to be pretty ticked. To be honest, I wouldn't be happy, especially with all the rain and storms and happening and possible snow, whatever. You just wouldn't be thrilled. And then this paralyzed guy comes and, and Jesus heals this person. And Jesus and says, Jesus saw their faith, not the paralyzed person's faith, but their faith. Just like when James says that, the, that let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, people need Assurance and people need that accountability. People need of each other to carry you through the weariness. Sometimes you'll need somebody 
to pray with you, which is why we're doing these prayer groups. There will be a time in your life where you'll go through something and you'll pray to God and you'll continue to pray to God and you'll have that ongoing conversation, but then you just get to that moment of, of being tired and weary. Or maybe you've been praying for someone to be saved for 15 years or 20 years and nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. You don't see any clue that God's doing a work in their life and it just drains you. And you're like, man, maybe I should give up. And you feel that weariness. Or maybe you're, you're feeling a physical problem and you're like, man, I've been like this for a long time and I don't see any clue that God's going to heal me or God's doing any kind of work in me physically. So maybe I should just give up. You get that weariness, that tired feeling, that draining moment in your life. And that's the time where you call on people of the church to help you. To, you're paralyzed. You have nowhere to go. You can't get there yourself. And so you need people to pray with you to help you access God, to help you get to Jesus' feet to be healed. Sometimes God needs to see other people's faith for you to be healed. That's one reason why I believe in attending church. That's why I value church. Because in life, when bad things come and trouble happens, you need other people to stand with you. And that's one purpose and that's one reason for the church is that when we go through difficulty, we have people here to hold each other up, to stand with each other, and to pray for one another. We sometimes pray when we only pray we're in trouble. You know, if you think about the, a car, a car, you know, you think about like a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. This car's look really nice. You get, you get in there and you're, you're, you're looking at the nice paint job and you're, you know, of course you're thinking all the money that it costs, but you're just, you just see how beautiful the car is and you, of course you think, I'll, I'll never be able to afford this, but you're just going inside and you're admiring the look and the feel and the design and everything about the car. And then you get your key and you put it in the ignition and you turn it and nothing happens. You're like, what in the world's going on? And you get out and you open the hood and you're, oh man, look at, look at all that and under the hood. The engine, the horsepower, everything's clean and neat. And then you notice a little emptiness right here and it's the battery. Well, the car's great in shape, beautiful, Everything about it works, but unless there's power connected to the car, it's not going to go anywhere. Prayer is that connection to God. Amen. We might look and feel good and everything in our life, but we need that connection to God where prayer is not just a ritual, it's not just a ceremonial thing, but there is this access point of affecting God's will in our lives. Prayer is turning the key when the battery is hooked up. It affects the blueprint and not, it's not just a rescue plan where we call on God and say, rescue me. No, prayer has been in your conversation all along, way before X, Y, and Z took place in your life. If the request is wrong, God's going to say no. Sometimes our prayers are just selfish. Sometimes the timing is just wrong and God says, wait, not yet. Maybe you're ready, but the atmosphere around you is not ready. Maybe you're wrong and you're just not praying his will. When everything is right, when your prayer lines up with his will, God's going to say, okay, it's time, let's go. 
But everything just has to match up. And we must pray, God, let your will be done in our life. If you think about these two paradoxes, you have John the Baptist, who was doing all the right things, preparing the way of the Lord, and he gets thrown in jail. And then he says to his disciples, hey, can you go make sure that's the right guy? After John baptized Jesus and the heavens opened and John clearly heard the voice, John's sitting in prison because he probably didn't think his life would turn out this way. And so he says, go make sure that that's the right guy because I can't be in here. And Jesus says, go back and tell him what's going on, that the blind are seeing, that the deaf are hearing. So John's in prison and dies. Yet another place in the Bible Peter's arrested for preaching the gospel and he prays and God opens the prison doors. One place a guy dies in prison, the other God sets him free. So what does prayer do? Prayer lets God be God regardless. Prayer lets you be you where you're transparent, open to God. Prayer lets you release this pressure, this anxiety on God. We need prayer, not a plan. It's okay to plan, but we must always bathe everything in prayer. Prayer is transferring your burden to God. And not praying lets us do God's job instead of God. And we just can't do it. No matter how hard we try, when we try to play God, it gets a whole lot worse than how the circumstance is going now. But we need to pray and depend and put God in his place and let God be God. Again, prayer works as long as it's wrapped in his will. And that's a difficult thing. It's not easy to pray, let your will be done. You know, Jesus struggled with that that we talked about where he's praying. He says, Lord, if this possible, can this cup pass? But at the end of the day, Lord, let your will be done, not mine. And Jesus had to go through suffering and death to accomplish God's will. We can't always say that this circumstance equals this or this is how it's going to work out, but we just must always pray, God, let your will be done. If I'm supposed to be, you know, Paul couldn't get rid of that thorn of his flesh. He prayed three times and God just wouldn't remove it. There's things that we'll have to endure and we'll have to handle and we'll have to go through life for the rest of our lives with it. But we need to make sure that we're praying God's will. God, if this is the way it's going to be, let it be used for your glory somehow. And I don't know how it's going to be used for your glory. We don't know. We can't see tomorrow. We can't see a week from now or a month from now or a year from now. But we must know that when we pray and center our prayers on God's will and bathe it in his will, then we put everything on his shoulders. And when everything's on his shoulders then we know that we don't, have, we, don't, we don't have to, it won't become a mess in the end. Prayer works as long as it's wrapped in his will. So if you're suffering, if you're facing problems physically, mentally, emotionally, pray. If everything's going pretty well for you right now, praise Wake up and say, thank you, God. And maybe you're going through difficulty, but you'll still wake up and say, man, thank you, God, for another day to live, to breathe, 
where I can walk, I can talk, I can see, I can hear. I have a car to get from A to B. I have a church to go to where I don't have to worry about being threatened with my life. There's a lot of good things. I have a bed to sleep on. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about the earth stopping. But God continually makes the earth move. There are things that God has on his hand where we don't have to worry. And one of those things should be our circumstances. So when you're going through suffering, pray. When you're going through good times, praise. And when you feel weary and you feel like you just are tired, don't be alone, but ask for other people to get you to God. Ask other people for help. And God will maybe look at their faith and answer their prayer because maybe you're just too tired. And part of this process of prayer, prayer groups, is praying for one another and building a foundation of prayer that we may see God continually do a great work in this church. Thanks for listening. If you're in the area, I'd love for you to come by and be my guest. Be blessed and remember that in all things, pray for us.